Today on the News and Why It Matters, we watched the debates last night so you didn't have to, or at least some of us did. I can't speak for these two over here. Who knows? Uh, we got a lot to get into. We'll give you the best of here in a minute. Starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Stubergear. Uh, avid debate watcher, mm-hmm. Stuber Gear. I'm passionate about it. Every minute you watched. Mm-hmm. Every minute. Okay. Every minute. I can't wait to get into uh, the detailed analysis oh my from you. No, I mean, I, I did. I looked at it, I swear. And uh, <laughs> Pat, looked at it. I looked at it. Okay. Pat Gray, mm, Pat Gray yes. from Pat Gray Unleashed. Did I also looked at it. You looked at I it? I did. Like on the TV guide? Yes. Or? No, on, on the actual television set itself. Okay. Yeah. All right. And we've got uh, the Daily Wire's own Josh Hammer. Tell me you watched it. I squinted at it. (laughs) You guys, you're killing me. You're killing me. Sorry. Uh, All right, we got a lot to get into, but first we want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. Um, So I really feel like all I have to say is that iTarget Pro uses laser bullets, and that kind of is cool enough for you to probably buy it. Um, But if you want more information, uh, iTarget Pro, it's a little laser bullet, seriously, that you put in your gun and you can um, use it to practice at home. You set up a target. Those of you who are watching on the television can see you set up a, you know, you, you download an app on your phone, set up a target. Your phone can track where you're shooting so that you can practice. And you can also practice dry firing, which, uh, you know, as Glenn always talks about, is the best way to uh, learn your weapon is you got to learn the pull. You got to learn the trigger pull. You got to dry fire. This is a way to do that. I was disturbed last night when Beto said, hell yes, I'm coming for your iTarget Pro. Yes. Uh, that was, uh, was a weird It was. It was very disturbing. Um, so you got to get him before Beto comes to confiscate it. Okay? Get it. Bury it somewhere in the backyard. He won't <laughs> know that it's there. Uh, you can go to itargetpro.com. If you use promo code NEWS, you will get 10% off plus free shipping. It's going to pay for itself because uh, you're not spending money on ammunition and on range fees. That's itargetpro.com, promo code NEWS. So, the debates. Uh, did you watch enough to at least talk about it? I, first of all, of course, did happen, unfortunately have to see all of it. Um, in fact, I was watching TV the entire time the debate was on. Oh, wow. Oh. So, <laughs> really? that is, I uh, may have learned more about the Carolina Panthers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> in that time, but I did have to catch up on all this as it is my job. And uh, it was, uh, I, I mean, it was an interesting one to yeah. watch. I mean, I, I don't think a ton happened. No. Did, did you think that there was a clear winner? I don't think so. I, I mean, so. I, you know, I think you you saw uh, flashes from candidates that we hadn't seen any flashes. Amy Klobuchar comes to mind in that she actually had a couple of good moments, which are the her first good moments in the entire campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, she was she had that. I mean, you know, a lot of people love the Beto stuff. Because Beto came out and said he was going to take all of our guns, which is interesting because I, I guess he's a conspiracy theorist because we were always called conspiracy theorists when we said that they were coming for our guns. <laughs> and now they're just out on stage saying he's, he's selling a T-shirt now that says, I am coming for your AR-15. No. Is it, whatever his quote was, hell yes, I'm coming for your AR-15 T-shirts. Wow. Oh, First of all, that's not one you want to wear around Texas, it. right? Like, no. you know, people um, might not like that all that much. Um, it is. Uh, and then. He uh, had an interaction with a Republican representative who uh, tweeted back at him something he at least took as a death threat. Uh, so it's been quite a day. Hmm. Sissy. But the thing about Beto is 
the desperation is so high with yeah. him. Like, he'll try yeah. anything now. He is at yeah. the point of, like, Hail Mary, like, you know, throwing the wild punches at the end of the round. Like, he's he, every sports cliche when you're losing and you try something desperate is what he's doing. Let, let's, before we get into to the other candidates, since we're on the subject of Beto, uh, let's go ahead and, and talk about him. You referenced the hell yes, we're coming for your guns. He, I feel like he thought that that was a really great moment for mm-hmm. him. Oh, he did. Let's, let's watch Beto the champ. Mm-hmm. The high-impact, high-velocity round, when it hits your body, shreds everything inside of your body because it was designed to do that so that you would bleed to death on a battlefield and not be able to get up and kill one of our soldiers. When we see that being used against children, and in Odessa, I met the mother of a 15-year-old girl who was shot by an AR-15, and that mother watched her bleed to death over the course of an hour because so many other people were shot by that AR-15 in Odessa in Midland. There weren't enough ambulances to get to them in time. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. All right, let's take the emotion out of that message, right? He's basically faulting the guns for doing their job, right? I mean, he's saying the gun is too efficient, so we need to take it away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you take the emotion out of it, it's like, I mean, yeah, like it, that's terrible that that shooting happened, but that's not a really compelling reason. And then, Josh, did you think it was weird that he threw in that the city couldn't get the ambulances in in time? It's very weird, but you know what? Robert Francis O'Rourke is the very tyrant the Second Amendment's framers had in mind when they drafted that provision. Mm -hmm. When they codified our right to keep and bear arms into the U.S. Constitution, it was that clip. It was this person and this sentiment that they feared. I I wrote a column for our side, The Daily Wire, a week or two ago, literally saying, I will never, ever give up my assault weapon. How could I? I mean, I look at the history of the 20th century. I look at the Jews of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. I'll go there. I mean, why wouldn't I go there? Uh, every, Every tin pot dictator worth his or her might has seized firearms from the citizenry. It it is here, there, and everywhere, the gateway drug, the stepping stone to tyranny. And, but you're you're totally right. Let's talk about the inanimate object. The New York Times on 9-11 had this tweet that they took down saying that airplanes brought down the Twin Towers 9-11. Airplanes took aim. Airplanes took aim, thank you. Not radical Islamic jihadists who hijacked airplanes, but airplanes. That's what Robert Francis O'Rourke is doing here, okay? Talking about guns, not talking about psychopathic, loner, alt-right, whatever, white supremacist losers Mm -hmm. who then use guns as their weapon of choice to wreak the havoc that they would have wrought regardless of weapons they had available. So he's morally confused here. He's throwing in all sorts of weird information. But fundamentally, at the end of the day, my biggest takeaway from that clip is that this man is a petty would-be tyrant, and I will not give my gun to him. Um, Pat, I want to bring up one more weird thing he said when it comes to guns. Uh, He was talking about he attended a gun show, and he said... He spoke with gun owners who have a much different take than we do. Watch. The day after I proposed doing that, I went to a gun show in Conway, Arkansas, to meet with those who are selling AR-15s and AK-47s and those who are buying those weapons. And you might be surprised there was some common ground there. Folks who said, I would willingly give that up, cut it to pieces. I don't need this weapon to hunt, to defend myself. It is a weapon of war. So let's do the right thing, but let's bring everyone in America into the conversation. Republicans, Democrats, gun owners, and non-gun owners alike. He talked to people who were actually buying AR-15s and told them that they Mm -hmm. didn't need AR-15s. And they they were totally on board with it, right, Pat? Oh, I'm sure they were, yes. What happened? Yeah, gladly. You hear that from gun owners all the time. (laughs) I'll gladly give up my... Yes, if you want to come confiscate it, 
Just show up at my door, I'll guy. In fact, I'll bring it to you. <laughs> uh, that's absolutely absurd, and we all know it. I do disagree with Stu on one thing, though. I think there was a clear winner last night, and I think it was Wayne Messam. Um, because he wasn't there. Um, that was a debacle. And uh, for him to be just flatly stating, yes, hell yes, I'm coming to take your guns, your AR-15 from you, that's dangerous rhetoric. I mean, yeah, That's dangerous. There are, But the, but the audience cheered. Well, I mean, they course. were yeah, those excited. Really. That's the scariest part to me. Yes. That's literally the scariest part to me. I mean, and none of them, none of the candidates disagreed with it, didn't they? I mean, I think no. I think uh, Biden kind of gave a, well, you have to watch the Constitution a little bit type of uh, disclaimer, but really, I don't think anyone disagreed. And all of them want this, right? It's the same way that they used to call us conspiracy theorists when we said they wanted single-payer health care, and now they all are on stage saying they want single-payer health care. Um, you know, look, these, I mean, these modern sporting rifles, rifles as an entire category kill about 300 people a year. It's 300 more than I would like it to be. However, it is a very tiny percentage of what we're talking about here. Mm. This is all just posturing, you know, and they know it. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they know it, you know. Plus, plus he, he went down the hunting road as always. You don't need it for hunting. That's not why I have it. Right. I don't have it for hunting. I have it for the intended purpose that the founders made sure that we would have weapons available to us. I have it for that reason. That if the government ever goes oppressive, if the government ever becomes tyrannical, I can protect myself against the United States government mm-hmm. or the Chinese government if they're sending troops into this country. If you've got 350 million people who are armed to the teeth, uh, that's a pretty big deterrent for other for foreign entities to ever try to occupy our country. Mm-hmm. That's it's not for hunting. It can be used for that, but that's not the original purpose. Well, and who, I mean, who is he to tell you right. what you should or shouldn't be using for hunting? Yeah, right. I, he's never picked up a gun of, in his life. Of course not. Right. To Pat's point, though, it's pretty well documented that one one of the many reasons that Hitler never invaded Switzerland mm-hmm. was that the Swiss had by far the highest rate of private gun ownership in all of Europe. Because I think you had to own a gun, right? At, in, at that time, yeah. At, at, that, time. at that time, yes. yes. Yeah. Not sure that's still the law, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was uh, Katie Pavlich who, who made a great point that I had never thought about when it, came, when it comes to gun confiscation, which is the, the left constantly says it's completely impossible to go around and d- deport 10, 12, 15 million <laughs> yeah, illegal immigrants, great. but you're going to go around and get 20 million <laughs> AR-15s from people who don't want to give them to you. Great point. And we also hear, by the way, Every, all the illegal immigrants are just, you know, family-loving people that are just following the law, and they don't mind at all. You can mm-hmm. never deport them. But you're going to go door-to-door with these people you tell us are mass murderers all the time and collect their 20 million weapons? Mm-hmm. That uh, doesn't seem to be consistent. Mm. Uh, all right, let's move to Medicare for All. Of course, health care, health insurance was a big, big part of this particular debate. Um, let's, let's listen to the top three, Bernie, Joe Biden, and Elizabeth Warren. They kind of go back and forth a little bit on uh, their ideas for Medicare for All Watch. The tax of 2% that the senator's talking about, that raises about $3 billion. Guess what? That leaves you about $28 billion short. Of the 160 million people who like their health care now, they can keep it. If they don't like it, they can leave. Let's be clear. I've actually never met anybody who likes their health insurance company. I've met Stunning. people who really like their doctors. People. <laughs> I've met people who like their nurses. I've met people who like their pharmacists. I've like, met people who like their physical therapists. What they want is access to health care. Let us be clear, Joe. In the United States of America, we are spending twice as much per capita on health care 
as the Canadians or any other major country on earth. This America. Yeah, but Americans don't want to pay twice as much as other countries. My friend from Vermont thinks that the employer is going to give you back if you negotiate his union all these years, got a cut in wages because you got insurance. They're going to give back that money to the employee? Matter of fact, they will. Well, let me tell you something. For a socialist, you got a, you, for a socialist, you got a lot more confidence in corporate America than I do. <laughs> good moment solid. from Joe, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I, was impre- I was impressed with his performance. I uh, was a little bit worried Especially about him. Especially early on. I think early he did well on, he early on. very sharp. He has a limit. Uh, his endurance uh, has a limit. <laughs> It's about 30 minutes. <laughs> you can get through it's a 30-minute debate really well. Probably not what you want for no. a president. Uh, multiple hours afterwards, he winds up kind of slurring his speech and going long uh, in the answers. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, like this is a all their plans are massively expensive. We act as if Joe Biden is some sort of conservative on health care. The guy <laughs> is fully in, in, he wants Obamacare, all the things that have been changed on Obamacare back in. And he wants to add a massive new entitlement that people are essentially automatically enrolled in. And he's like, this guy's a libertarian over here. I mean, <laughs> it's really in, it's, they all the, the interesting thing about Biden and um, uh, as opposed to Warren and Sanders is. At least he's saying, look, you can have a, chance, a choice. You don't have to go into these things. They are so far to the left and so far into that really socialist world that they're going to they're gonna get rid of private insurance. They're going to they're force you into their programs. You know, polling is done all the time on the American people, and it's overwhelmingly unpopular to force them in and get rid of private insurance. But even among Democrats, it's not a winning proposition. The reason why Joe Biden continues to win this, lead this race is, number one, he, people think he can beat Trump. But number two, like he's at least take, he's taking positions. These are mainstream positions in the Democratic Party. He's not out, out of step with them. Mm-hmm. It just seems on stage and on, on journalist Twitter like he is because they are so far to the left. Yeah. Pat, what did you think of uh, Elizabeth Warren making the comment that I've never met one single person? Who- She's never met me. I've <laughs> had several health care plans that I liked a lot from healthcare companies. Mm-hmm. I, I like our current plan quite a bit. It, yeah. it covers us really well. Um, what I what I don't like is the government running healthcare because we've seen through uh, the VA just how awful that's going to be if they if they force that down the throats of all Americans. It, the, the government is not set up to run healthcare. Mm-hmm. The government can barely do what the government does now, let alone take on uh, this massive. <laughs> This massive program and 17 percent of our economy. It's ludicrous. Yeah. It's it's insane. Uh, Josh, a couple things came to mind when I heard her say that. Number one of which was that's probably because we have a bunch of entitled, spoiled Americans who are used to just getting all of this stuff. You know, right. you had that uh, Democratic uh, representative's wife go on Instagram Live the other day and mm. complain that marriage counseling wasn't covered under her health insurance plan. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Americans don't like health insurance. Hmm, because their every single need and want is not covered. I'm pretty upset that uh, my health insurance doesn't cover when I go get my nails redone. You know, um, so that kind of comes to mind. Want to get your thoughts on that? As well as, um, you know, she made the comment, oh, uh, everyone likes their doctors, everyone likes their pharmacists, as if the, that type of quality care is going to stay the same right. once you have Medicare mm-hmm. for all. Your thoughts? Right. So, you know what? I don't think there's a single conservative in America who necessarily likes the status quo where we are in terms of health insurance and health care in this mm-hmm. country. Conservatives for years have been preaching all sorts of like marginal kind of incremental reforms. We want health savings accounts. We want portability. We, we want to sever the link between private health insurance and your employer, which is kind of the original sin of health insurance in the first place, going back, I believe, to the FDR administration. But, you know, I actually want to go in a slightly different direction. This week was a pretty, well, this was a pretty harrowing week for socialized medicine. Ross Duthat tweeted out something yesterday. It was 
absolutely mind-boggling. It was out of the Netherlands, and it shows what's going on in socialized medicine countries. You know, a, a name that we always forget is Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin famously condemned Obamacare's death panels, mm-hmm. probably because they, you know, they were actually death panels. Yes. They, they had a, they had a, <laughs> yes. a 15-member Politburo-style centralized, yes. uh, you know, de facto communist committee kind of group of uh, elites who would deem what services would be cut from Medicare and whatnot. Which, just as a reminder to everyone here in Texas, we do actually have those death panels in Texas hospitals. Yeah, Continue. yeah. So, no, that's absolutely right. But what Ross was tweeting, it was out of the Netherlands, is unbelievable story. This, they have euthanasia. They've legalized euthanasia, legalized physician-assisted suicide in the Netherlands. What happened was prosecutors alleged that this doctor killed this woman against her consent. And the doctor was let off. But the facts of the case, if you look at what actually happened, suggest that the doctor drugged her coffee mm-hmm. to induce her into a sleepy state and then physically restrained the parents who were attempting to talk to the doctor to talk her out of killing herself. Mm-hmm. That is literally socialized medicine. Didn't, wow. didn't he, uh, I, thought, I think I read the same one, where some people helped hold her down and restrain yes. her. Yes, Jeez. yes. I think it was her, her yes. daughter yes. and her husband held her down and restrained her while the doctor... While she was being killed yes, by the doctor. Yes, while the doctor ended and her life. And we see this out of the UK all the time, the Charlie Guard story. We see this all the time. Oh, yeah. This is what socialized medicine does. I mean, there's a reason why Friedrich Hayek talked about socialized medicine as... Uh, if the government controls you, Hayek said, the government, if they control your health, they control everything. Yeah. It's a stepping stone to tyranny everywhere. Well, Last this word. isn't quite as dramatic, but I, I had surgery um, on my upper back uh, a couple of months ago. And they tried to euthanize you? And they tried to euthanize you. Yeah, they did <laughs> try to kill me. But the, be, my doctor told me that uh, because I, before I had the surgery, I had injections done to try to numb the pain for a while. And he told me that in Canada, where they have socialized medicine, not even available to people. Yeah. If you want the injection, you've got to come here. If you want the surgery, you have to wait nine months to 18 months. Mm. I mean, while you're in excruciating pain, welcome to Canada and socialized medicine. If that's what you want, uh, I think you're going to be sorely surprised. Maybe that's why they're paying less over there in Canada, Bernie. Yep. Back in a minute. Which I I felt like Joe Biden got mixed reactions. Before we get back into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, Cruise Through History. Um, Pat, I hear you are officially going uh, that's on That's what cruise. I hear. Yeah. Did, yeah. Did you just find out just now from rumor. me? No, I've probably known for a while, but it was, I guess it's for sure now. So I can't make it then. You can't make it? No. Well, I, I cannot make could, it now. I could take it because I've still not gotten my invitation. at the same time. Yeah, I think they went. Pat and I, I think the issue is we were going to have no hosts. Yeah, uh, so uh, I know somebody to do the shows. Yeah, um, which is understandable, but it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot mean. of fun. It's not going to be mean. What is it? Greece? Where are you, yeah, where are you going? Uh, Greece, um, uh, Italy, Jerusalem, right? Uh, well, it's Israel. Israel. It's not Jerusalem. Yeah, all right. Uh, Croatia okay. and Italy. Did I say Italy? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be great. I'm going to have like four or five stops. Um, you go through, and you're going to have you know David Barton there, and Glenn, and Bill O'Reilly, and uh, Rabbi Lapin, among uh, many others. Um, and you're going to be able to get great times as far as you know history, learning about the foundations of all the things that are kind of important uh, mm-hmm. for our civilization. And then in addition, uh, you can have, uh, have have a few drinks with me, and then Pat will tell you something smart and serious. And under- <laughs> so you'll you get serious things from Pat and others, mm-hmm. and then and then you can come to the bar with me. They are well. almost they're almost <laughs> sold out of uh, tickets, so you got to go go to comesailaway.com to pick your package. They've got all the information there. That is comesailaway.com for all of the details. Um, 
you know, talking about all of this Medicare for all, health care, health insurance. Um, Stu, you mentioned earlier, Amy Klobuchar had a couple of good moments. Yeah. I think her comments that she made on all of this Medicare for all, Bernie's plan specifically, was one of them. Let's watch. But when it comes to our health care and when it comes to our premiums, I go with the doctor's creed, which is do no harm. And while Bernie wrote the bill, I read the bill. And on page eight, on page eight of the bill, it says that we will no longer have private insurance as we know it. And that means that 149 million Americans will no longer be able to have their current insurance. That's in four years. I don't think that's a bold idea. I think it's a bad idea. And nice. what I favor is something that what Barack Obama wanted to do from the very beginning. Not nice. <laughs> she was on a roll for a minute she, there. She had you and then she yeah, lost you. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, calling out Bernie's crazy Medicare for All plan, mm -hmm. does that hurt her? You know, I think there's an argument to be made that there's a lot of people who are activists in this party that it will hurt her with. But what is her path to actually getting this nomination? Yeah. Amy Klobuchar has one path. Biden stumbles and they need a moderate. That's it. Her other path to get into the White House is Biden wins and she's the vice president, mm -hmm. right? So there, it, there's not a lot of negatives, I, I don't think, for Klobuchar at this point to go out and just be overtly honest about what you think. Say the fact that Bernie's plans are nuts. Why not? There has to be somebody in this because, I mean, the party is not Bernie. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there are a lot of people, as evidenced by Biden, somehow still holding this lead that don't want Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. They want something sane-ish. Um, you know, look, uh, I, I was amazed by the idea that all of a sudden Barack Obama's popular again in this party. Mm -hmm. He was just just berated the entire time last time they had a debate. Now they are all kissing his ass again. It's a, it's Except a, when it came to deportations. Yeah, they still, they, they're, right. yeah, they that's true. There was a little bit of that. Yeah, uh, Josh, what was your take on Amy Klobuchar? So Klobuchar is interesting. If you go back to the whole Brett Kavanaugh fiasco, which I know none of us really want to think back to, <laughs> it was kind of one collective giant nightmare, right? But she was really one of only two Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee. I thought, I thought along with Senator Coons of Delaware, who was like re remotely sane. I, they both voted against Kavanaugh, but whatever. Like at least they were civil and more or less respectful. Klobuchar, I think, is actually like a decently intelligent person. Um, we actually went to the same law school. I've kind of heard anecdotally from professors there. She was a good student. She had like a, I think she had like a pretty decent legal career before running for office. She, she's like a pretty intelligent person. And she's not fully crazy, unlike some of these people. Yeah, so we, we finally saw it in that exchange mm -hmm. there. So mm -hmm. good for her. Um, she's, you know, we've all heard the stories about like the comb with the salad. She's apparently kind of like a monster to her staff in private. I wouldn't know. I've never met the woman, but. It seems such a bizarre story it really to me is. because she doesn't give off that vibe at no, all. No, she doesn't. Yeah, she kind of gives off this like Midwestern Minnesota nice vibe. So yes. it, it, it really is weird. Um, but she's not fully crazy, so good for her for not being like a totally insane socialist, I guess. I mean, you know, I, I guess in today's Democratic Party, that makes hey, you a moderate, right? Yeah. Hey. But that might be why she has 1% support. <laughs> you know? Well, but also the media is not going to cover her as much, no, right? Because they don't like that she doesn't subscribe to those far left ideologies. Right. So she's going to have to get over that hurdle as well. There's a real path, though, for her or someone like her if Biden stumbles. At some point, Biden, I mean, like these things have not affected him because people still believe he can beat Trump. And as long as they believe he can beat Trump, he'll stick around. Uh, but at some point, if he has enough uh, flubs and bertations and gaffes, and he, they will eventually say, OK, this isn't going to work. And they're going to have to find someone else who's at least kind of moderate. I mean, you know, we had Mike Lee in here and we gave him a rundown of all the candidates in the Senate. Uh, and we said, which one's, you know, which one at least has an idea what the Constitution is? Is there any of them? 
And he said, eh, Amy Klobuchar? Like, I mean, and so, like, that's not an endorsement. Right. Um, but at least it's someone who, she does at least seem to be sane. And honestly, for electoral purposes, her electoral record is better than anyone else in the field. I mean, she, she won Minnesota in a, in a very tight race in Minnesota in 2016. Uh, it was 2016. And she won it by, a, you know, a long shot. She, she's never had a loss in an election, and most of them have blowouts in purple states. So. All right, back in a minute. If you're watching this on television, don't forget, uh, you can find it on the Blaze TV. Also, we do this really fun after show called Overtime. And that's when things get really crazy. I mean, we got our drinks because it's Friday. You never know what's going to happen in overtime. And we've still got more of the debate to talk about, specifically Joe Biden. Interesting moments with him and also uh, others attacking him. Much more to come. you got to go to blazetv.com. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Before we get back into it, I want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. So, um, shockingly, I know you guys will find this shocking. Apparently, the best way to find your real estate agent is not by going by like the one that has their picture on the bench mm, at the bus stop mm. that you sit your rear end on. Mm-hmm. Do you find that to be shocking? That is incredibly shocking. Right? Yeah. Did uh, I just change your life? Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, it's funny because they uh, we had someone who wrote us, a listener, he's like, I hear you guys talking about real estate agents I trust and you sell, you know, you can sell your house fast and for the most money. He's like, what about people who are buying? People move around the house you, or move around the country. You move from one city to another city, and you have no idea in, in that city. You have no None. connections. You might not have relatives or whatever. You don't know where the nice areas are. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that's why that's another great use for real estate agents. I trust to do buying or selling. Uh, have your real estate agent screened so for, get the best one in the area. Uh, Glenn created this company because he had issues with his own uh, real estate transactions, and it works really, really well for lots of people in the audience. So try it out. Uh, it's basically a matchmaking service for your real estate agent needs. You Hot go to real estate agents <laughs> all across America. Sexy real estate agents waiting for your call. <laughs> <laughs> go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Sorry, Glenn. Um, so Joe Biden, we just discussed earlier, he was pretty sharp at the beginning. Certainly didn't have a crazy moment where his eyes started bleeding <laughs> or he just started saying incoherent things but still yeah, he did a, say some incoherent you things. thought it was incoherent i thought that he had a couple incoherent moments his racism thing was sort of incoherent the one where he talked about record players was pretty incoherent <laughs> that was okay weird. that was weird yeah, yeah well so we had let's get into that one uh let's watch joe biden somehow talking about tv oh i mean record players we bring social workers into homes and parents to help them deal Wait. with how to raise their children. Uh. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't want they don't know quite what to do. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. <laughs> 
So let's see. We've got a social worker coming in to make sure the record player is on. Which gets ignored, night, which, by yeah, the way, which is really right. important. Like, wait, you're doing what now? You're saying social workers into our house to help us parent? Do I have a choice on that? Uh, or? That was like because he's a, he's he had so that quirky weird. Rick, yeah. record player moment. That gets kind of lost. Yeah. But like, what is that policy? We don't want social yeah. workers no. coming in to parent our children. No. And then he says uh, the radio, I mean TV, I mean record player, and then I mean phone. And I think he was going to phonograph. I don't think he was going to iPhone. I think he was going to phonograph, and he caught himself in the middle of phonograph. Uh, record player. I mean phonograph. Uh, I think that's where he was going. So I felt like when I, what my statement earlier, I just meant, you know, he's previously, he'd say words, and you're like, I don't even understand what he just said. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so mm-hmm. I just meant we could at least understand what his words were. Right. It just made absolutely no sense. Yes, it was a jumble. Now, look, uh, you know, he's not alone in this particular race of people who jumble words and don't speak the language particularly well. <laughs> this is not only a Democrat problem. But he gets um, hit for that very hard. Yeah, he does. And and Biden does, too. I mean, I think I think what he's going for there, if I can venture a guess, Please. is there's some research, and this is sort of the research that talks about reading to your kids, that if you read to your kids and you wind up having uh, higher, uh, you know, uh, expectations and, and higher performance later in life. And they talk about if you're talking to your children, if you're talking to your around your children and they hear more conversation, they're able to pick it up later on. I don't know if turning the phonograph <laughs> on generous. will do that. I, I don't <laughs> know generous. if that works. Because the there's way. also apparently some problem with uh, poor kids uh, lacking in words. <laughs> I think that's what it was. They're but. behind the other kids by four million words. Uh <laughs> I've never seen that study. Have you? Have you I think it's study? the study. I'm t- I think he's referring to the study I'm talking about, which is like there's a, there's this idea that like certain ho- households with with that produce lower achieving kids. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I don't know. I can't believe I'm taking this seriously. But I let me can't believe it. you are so, coming to achieving. Biden's defense. No, I'm not. Biden think, apologist over here. Yeah, super I know, here. I know. <laughs> As if I'm the apologist, that's not good for Biden. Um, but like there's a, there's an idea that like lower performing kids in school when they're when they are really young, babies, one, yeah. two, their parents. Parents don't talk to them directly a lot. They kind of just right. flop over there and sit, and, and they, you know, there's not a lot of parenting going on. Um, and it helps. They think that it helps kids when they hear their parents talking directly to them, that they hear conversations in the room, that they actually hear. I think what he's trying to say, I, they hear words. Should we spoken. be counting these words <laughs> as parents yes. to make sure <laughs> yes. that we're getting them up to the four million mark? Yeah, I think so. Uh, do you okay. get, do and you do they need to be different words, or could it be the same word? <laughs> like, four the, million the, 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 the. <laughs> do you get Biden the same credit? I mean, don't like a lot of parents these days play like Mozart music because their studies like playing Mozart yes. for your yeah. children yeah. Will, will make them smarter or whatever. Yes. I mean, like. If we're going to be very charitable, that's like maybe kind of sort of what he's going for there. But um, look, Stu's point and both y'all's points are totally right. I mean, the social worker thing is nuts. I mean, we, yeah. we don't want social workers going around. But if we are focusing on like the money line for a second, the record player thing, I mean, talking about like just like walking into like a stereotype, right? I mean, obviously <laughs> Castro had like the cheap shot about like forgetting, yeah. kind of like we'll saying like, senile. Yeah, but oh, I mean, record player, I mean... Come on. <laughs> if you go back and watch, I think it's Michael Moore's movie, uh, Sicko, which was the one about healthcare. Uh-huh. I think he praises, uh, it's some European country, and he's like, this is how you have, you know, you have kids in wherever it is, Sweden or Spain or whatever it was. And it was like, you have a kid and the government sends a worker to your home to be like your in-home nanny for like 12 weeks. 
And it's like part of your. Oh, wow. And it's like, That's well, terrible. look, I don't. You might choose to do that, yeah. but like, I don't want like a, an assigned right. government employee to monitor my parenting sent to my house. I mean, and he was praising it as like, this is a wonderful benefit. Does any American citizen want that? You're going to have a forced government employee to come over to your house and help you parent? Like, no, thank, that's you. Terrifying. thank you. We've seen the work you do on other things. We don't want you to help us parent. Exactly. Uh, so Biden had another odd moment. It appeared his polygrip failed him. Mm. I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. Let's watch. If you couldn't get it done after Sandy Hook, why should voters give you another chance? Because it got done before. Whoopsies. I'm the only oh. one up here has ever what? beat the NRA. <laughs> Oh, my God, that does look like that's what yeah. it is. What, what else could teeth, that be? I think his teeth came <laughs> out. in the middle of talking. And he had to kind of push it back up into where the polygrip was, but he didn't have enough of it. I, honestly, something. can I give him some credit? Because that was pretty smooth. smooth. That was well done. Yeah. It was pretty yeah, smooth. It was well done. Yeah. Uh, he got hit on a couple of things I thought were unfair, like the one where he said, I'm vice president of the United States. Like, yeah, yeah. He was the, talking yeah, he was, about that time. Yes, I thought right. that yes. was fine. That was a yeah. pretty good recovery. Yeah. And again, like, let's not forget, he's not the oldest guy on the stage there. Right. Bernie's older than him, and Elizabeth Warren does not get credit for the fact that she's also 70. This oh, is, she looks great. Yeah, uh, does she? I guess that's why <laughs> she. 70. I guess that's why she doesn't get hit on this yeah. because everyone's like, "Oh, the old candidates, Bernie and, and, and Joe." Well, she's she's in her seventies as well, mm-hmm. and uh, and this is a great stat that I think Five Thirty Eight had yesterday, which was since uh, the last president to be a Democrat, non-incumbent, um, to run and win for uh, win the presidency that was over fifty-two years old was Woodrow Wilson. Wow. Everybody since who's been over wow. 52 and a Democrat has lost wow. every single time. And the only one under 52 that, that lost, all the other ones have won. You know, Clinton and uh, Carter and Obama. Um, the only one that was under was McGovern, who was just over, uh, just under 52 and lost. But, I mean, the Democrats have had mm-hmm. success with younger change candidates, and they've not had success with older people saying, no, we swear, I'm, I'm the one for change. On the other side of that, Republicans had, have, have had success with older candidates because a lot of times they're saying, like, look, we have a lot of good things here. Right. We should make sure we don't screw them up. Um, so it kind of makes sense. But, like, the idea that you're going to run a 70-year-old as a Democrat has not been a successful strategy in the past yeah. at all. Um, <clears throat> we didn't really talk much about Castro. Uh, he had an interesting moment attacking mm. Joe Biden. Josh, you referenced it earlier. I'm going to get your thoughts on this. Watch. They wouldn't have to buy in. That's a big difference because Barack Obama's vision was not to leave 10 million people uncovered. He wanted every single person in this country covered. My plan would do that. Your plan would not. They do not have to buy in. They do not have to buy in. You just said that. You just said that two minutes ago. You just said two minutes ago that they would have to buy in. You said they would have to buy in. to buy in. If she qualifies, are you forgetting what you said two minutes ago? Are you forgetting already what you said just two minutes ago? I mean, I can't believe that you said two minutes ago that they had to buy in, and now you're saying they don't have to buy. You're forgetting that. I said anyone, I mean, my wow. grandmother who like, has uh, no money, money health care system, you're automatically enrolled. enrolls people regardless of whether they choose to opt in or not. I'm fulfilling fulfilling the legacy of Barack Obama, and you're not. I'll be surprised to him. <laughs> that was a, a nice line, line by Biden. That was a nice line. Yeah. Uh, and what a jerk. Yeah. Yes, he, exactly what I thought. Castro came off as. He's awful. Terrible. He's also and wrong. He was, he was yes. wrong. He's wrong. It wasn't yeah. true. Right. He's wrong. Which right. leads me to believe that he had that moment planned. Oh, yes. And he was mm-hmm. waiting for it and forced it where it didn't go. Exactly. He knew he was going to say the forgetting yes. thing. He was looking for a point. He thought he 
had it, he was actually wrong, which is really embarrassing. Yes. You're c- accusing him of forgetting. Well, you forgot. <laughs> You're actually the one forgetting. <laughs> That's right. He's, he came off as a complete and total jerk. Maybe if he did it once, he could have got away with it. Mm-hmm. But he's such a moron. He tried it four or five times within mm-hmm. a span of 30 seconds. It yeah. did not work at all. And, you know... I, Castro is, it's, this is, this one's particularly amazing to me. I mean, imagine working around these people all the time. I mean, imagine being in the world where you're in Washington, D.C. No, thank you. Julian Castro is a giant zero. Yeah. Okay? He is a nobody. He is a zilch. He was plucked out of a mayor job to, to get a nice job in the Obama administration solely because uh, they wanted to improve his, his future uh, prospects at running for higher office. Obama Biden made this guy. The only reason anyone knows who he is is because of Obama Biden. And he goes on the stage for the second consecutive debate and treats him like crap. I mean, I, you'd hate to live around these snakes. And yeah. he's, the, he's the worst of all of them. Yeah, he really is. I'll, and I'll be interested to see where his poll numbers go. I don't think that helped him. Yeah. I oh, ab- that oh absolutely. Him. I mean, you heard it from the audience, right? The audience didn't even didn't like it. didn't seem to like it at all. No. And, and, like, and Biden, like... But turning Biden into a guy who's getting beat up and is the victim is great for Biden. Absolutely. And he still fired back with a great line at the end there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, Biden won that exchange for it's sure. It's pretty bad when they make us feel sorry for Joe Biden because we're not yeah. exactly Joe Biden fans. No. That's hard no. to do. Well, he so. He's a Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, that's right. I apologize. I forgot. I, forgot. Uh, I, I also liked Castro's, well, I'm doing Barack Obama's legacy and you're not. It was like, it's, it was almost, it felt like, uh, a, yeah, a, mm-hmm. an elementary school child saying, you're not invited to my birthday party. Yeah. Or so, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just had such an immature tone to it. it yeah. And, and you know, look, Barack Obama, like Barack Obama, you were the HUD director. Like, they, <laughs> let's say the, the, the legacy. Barack Obama had one person to pick to be president in the United States if he died or left office. And he picked Joe Biden. The legacy is there. Whether, yeah. whether, I mean, there might be moments that Barack doesn't like that, but that's where the <laughs> legacy lies. Uh, Castro is not the only one who made things a little bit personal for Joe Biden. Poor Joe. He's just getting it from all of, all of the other candidates. It's Booker now uh, who also had some concerns about Joe Biden. Watch. I think that we are at a tough point right now because there's a lot of people who are concerned about uh, Joe Biden's ability to carry the ball all the way across the end line without fumbling. There are definitely moments where you listen to Joe Biden and you just wonder, uh, but I don't know. Uh, look, Senator, are you saying he's just too old to be president? No, I'm definitely not saying that because I've listened <laughs> to Joe just... Biden over the years and often felt like uh, <laughs> no, there were times is going on or, or, or meandering in his, uh, in his speech. Wow. So basically he said, it's not, it's not that I think he's old. He's just always he's been just, like this. That's what he just said. That was legitimately his answer to that. He's always been terrible at speaking. I've watched him for many, many years. That's a, yeah. uh, wow. This is a bold strategy yeah. by uh, Booker and Castro. They're desperate. These guys, are, are. These guys are desperate. Yeah. They're polling you like 1% to 3% on a good day. I mean, it reminds mm-hmm. me of kind of Chris Christie trying to take down Marco Rubio, which he basically successfully did actually in that New Hampshire debate. Mm-hmm. But Christie was obviously trying to get traction, which mm-hmm. he didn't get. I remember like Rand Paul become on the edge of the debate stage trying to take on Trump, which didn't work either. But when you're desperate, desperate times call for desperate measures. That's what these guys are trying to do. That's really what Robert Francis O'Rourke is trying to do, oh, too, with, with, with the seizure gun stuff. They're, no, they're, yeah, no better example than Bob Frank. Yeah. They're not polling well, so they're, they're trying to do everything. I have, a, I have a quick point, though. I want to go back to what you said, Stu, because this is actually a really important point to me. Castro is, is totally disloyal. Because he owes his career, like you say, to to, to Joe Biden. And I think back to kind of like a a side thing. Earlier this year, we had this kind of Saurabh Amari v. David French debate on the right. And then Brett Stevens, who had mentored Saurabh Amari at the Wall Street Journal, had a scathing column taking on Saurabh. 
And then Saurabh had a tweet where he said, he, he tweeted out Brett Stevens' link and said, I will say nothing bad whatsoever about Brett Stevens because I owe my career to Brett Stevens. Wow. It was like a very like classy moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And loyalty is everything. I'm a huge proponent of loyalty. And what Castro has done here to the Obama-Biden legacy, I think is just personally disgraceful. It speaks very poorly mm-hmm. of him on like a human being level, I think. Yeah, and I think, mm-hmm. I think you know, we've talked about that with Jonathan Haidt's work on loyalty, really kind of being more of a conservative trait. But I think anybody who looks at that, at the Democratic field and sees the way he's he's attacking Biden just gets a, a smarmy sort of feeling out of it. It just mm-hmm. feels wrong. And I think the constant assault at Biden because, I, I don't know, it's something about Biden where he feels like he's being victimized. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't put my finger on it, but it's like, I think the, I think the Democratic voters, you know, they don't, they're not seeing these attacks as, oh, they nailed Joe. They're seeing it as like, why are they all beating up on Joe? This is a guy, we love that Obama presidency. He was there for the whole thing. Can we be nicer to him? I think it doesn't help that it's just, it sounds so disingenuous, yeah. right? Like, I mean, you look at Castro. He's so angry. He's yeah. so, you know, he's so, like, I'm going to point my finger in your face. It's just gross. I feel like there may be an opportunity at some point for someone to actually say in a caring manner, I'm concerned about, you know, specific things. I don't know if you need a a feminine type voice, right? I don't know if it needs to be a female that says that. But I feel like there could be a place for it if it was true, genuine concern, or at least it came off that way. Certainly Mm -hmm. not with Castro. Yeah, and look, you know, look, we talk, we can criticize them, but... As you point out, Josh, it's like they are in a very tough spot. They, no one cares about them. They have to make noise now. They have basically a couple of months left. Mm-hmm. If they, you know, they just don't have time to sit around and be nice. And one of the differentiating factors, they all believe in the same policies largely. The, the only differentiating factor you have are things like age and gender and, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, race or whatever it is. So, you know... At some level, it's smart for Cory Booker and uh, Julian Castro to raise that the the prospect of age. Except but how do you do it? it? They're no. not good at it, and it's like no. they didn't come yeah. out. I don't know how you do it in there. Certainly not like that. No, no. no. Uh, so I got your answer at the beginning of the show. I want to hear from you guys. Did you think there was even a winner? Yeah, Wayne. I mean, you Messer. said Wayne Massa. Oh yeah. yeah. What about the people now, on the stage? Of the people on the stage, I really don't. Yeah. Nobody stood out to me that hey, they really did a good job. Yeah. So I don't what, think so. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I love that DPRK news service Twitter account. And they, <laughs> like, and they tweet out last night that Kim Jong-un was the winner of the debate, which is like more, more or less where I come down on this. But uh, no, of the people on the stage, the closest would maybe be Elizabeth Warren because no one really laid a glove on her. Mm-hmm. And I think she's rising in the polls as it is. So mm-hmm. she can, will continue mm-hmm. that ascent, I think. But uh, no one really truly stood out, no. Yeah, the incentive structure is really good for Warren right now because no one, there's no one who can really, everyone wants to get to her to the left. And she will go to the left of anyone, maybe except for Bernie. Right. Um, and Bernie has a truce with her. So mm-hmm. there's no incentives for her to really, you know, uh, do anything but go super far left. And if no one ever attacks her, she's going to win the nomination, right? Yeah. If no one ever says a word of criticism over her, uh, she's going to win the nomination. I had, one thing I did love, and we didn't get to mention on the Beto thing as we're talking about this, is uh, it's great. Like they were like embracing him on their like, oh, you know, he had great, he did well in the El Paso. I was really, you know, I really like to say what he said after that, and it just shows they do not see him as a threat at all. <laughs> They're like, he's done. Great we job, can start pal. saying nice things great about job, him. Great job, pal. Which is fun. <laughs> uh, yesterday's poll. Let's see how many of you 
said that you were going to be tuning into the debate last night. 90% said, no thanks, I'll stay sane. 10% said, yes, bring on the crazy. Mm. Uh, yeah, you guys were smart, the 90% to not watch it. It was, it was, it was rough. We do the, the tough stuff so you don't have to. I, I thought it was interesting when Biden was speaking and sim- simultaneously Jameis Winston completed that pass to Mike Evans. Uh, <laughs> that's you? Yeah, that was the best part of the debate to me. <laughs> Today's poll, what did you think? Of the debate last night, the options are loved it, hated it, or where was Marianne? Obviously, that is my answer. Where was Marianne? Mm, Bring back Marianne. Amen. Right? I'm 100% on the Marianne train now, of course. All right. Let us know what you guys think if you were, you hate yourself enough to watch it like we did. You can go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you Monday. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I had to continue with Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.